0: Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
1: Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here from Ausbiz. It is November the 24th. It's a Wednesday. I'm David Scott. Luckily enough, joined today by Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, look, it's been a pretty big macro day.
0: It has been a huge macro day. And incidentally, the 24th, I assume the turkeys are in the oven. Those. Those buggers take hours to cook. You're
1: talking about the birdie, you're talking about the lira.
0: <laughs> oh, gee, I'd rather a bit of turkey than the Turkish lira. What a mess. And in terms of today, I know no one wants to talk about Q3 GDP, but you know, when you've got a net beat you, you've got to do the macro. And construction work done turned out to be better than expected. And I guess the reason why I'm highlighting it is everyone's written off Q3. Q3 GDP here in Australia as a complete write off but guess what Retail sales, slightly better than expected. Construction work done, slightly better than expected. And we get CapEx tomorrow, which uh, is also expected to be dire. But, you know, I'm thinking if this is as bad as it gets, geez, this fourth quarter could be a blockbuster and the RBA has really got some work to do.
1: Yeah, it's already behind the curve. We already have this discussion <laughs> many times. It doesn't think it is, but we think it is. So we'll see what the new year brings. Uh, speaking of behind the curve, uh, RBNZ. Now, Adrian Orr, he's got a nickname Shock and Or, but it was Shock. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) and bore today. So the RBNZ went 25 instead of 50 basis points, so they hiked to 75 basis points for the cash rate. Yep. There was a a small possibility that we might have seen a 50 going in there, both from the economist community and the market pricing. But it's the upgrades to where they expect the cash rate to go in the years ahead that's probably the real talking point
0: yeah it sure is i mean i had a quick look it's a 60 page doco so you i think i got to about page 40 before i found that forward track and it does compare the august expectations which at the time i hastened to add was just over two percent in the long run analysts back then said that was too aggressive so, here we are, fast forward three months. In, this is the November MPS. Their forward track is now three plus in the forward um, estimates. And why that matters is the RBNZ says, t- says that 2% is neutral. So, instead of this meandering to neutral that everyone else is talking about, they're full pelt ready to go into tightening territory. So, that 25 basis points today is completely misleading. They're already admitting they're behind the curve.
1: One of the really interesting things in this statement as well, there was lots of interesting you know, things that the RBS then pointed out, but it was that speak, uh, discussion about what's transitory and what's not when it comes to inflationary pressures out there at the moment because just no one really understands and it actually cited that as being one of the major factors that it's grappling with and other major central banks around the world.
0: Yeah, it, it does. There's a lot of similarities in Australia and New Zealand. Our borders are closed. Skill shortages are rampant. Wages are rising. I mean, you know, the Kiwi unemployment rate is three and a half so if you can't get a job in New Zealand right now you are certainly not trying and of course another element that they introduced was uh as you know there's still some restrictions in Auckland level four or or three I think they call it but they also said in the minutes that the board discussed moving more aggressively, but they decided that COVID, along with transitory inflation, COVID could mean an impact on consumer spending and business investment. So it's almost like when they paused in August, it was a wait and see. So now they've tightened with a wait and see. I think 2022 will be a blockbuster in terms of catch-up tightening when it comes to our friends across the ditch.
1: We'll wait to see what uh, Adrian All has to go and say tomorrow during the press conference. Maybe he'll shock us then, but uh, certainly <laughs> not, not a lot of surprise today, it's got to be said. One thing I want to go and talk to you about as well is what we're seeing in the US market. Of course, you mentioned reference what's going on. Thanksgiving is coming up tomorrow in the States. So lots of people winding down. But the move that we've seen in U.S. equities and the U.S. rates market through the renomination of Jerome Powell uh, as Federal Reserve Chair, we've seen a big switch back into cyclicals. We've seen a big bear flattening of the curve. So yields are going up across the curve, but they're going up faster at the front of the curve. So we're all starting to go and get itchy about the potential for faster tapering and rate hikes next year. What do you make about some of the moves that we've seen over the past couple of days?
0: I have to say and this is shared by, you know, some others in our community, that I think there was significant market pricing of Leo Brainard getting in. And the fact mm. that the market had the correction that it did, uh, and as we talked about yesterday, I mean, where else in the world would a Fed chair renomination cause tech stocks to collapse? Well, it's because there was a material risk of Brainard. She's up there with Janet Yellen, the now Treasury Secretary, when it comes to being dovish, cautious, inflation is transitory. Let's not rush tightening. Uh, that was probably. I think we've been surprised at how much that was actually priced into the markets so the fact that Jerome Powell is in for another three years so that means aggressive tapering potentially aggressive tightening and as you say bear flattening of the curve and equities have moved accordingly.
1: Yeah, and we get the PCE deflator out tonight as well in the States, which will give us an indication not only about the Fed's preferred inflation measure, but also what's going on with consumption there, because we've got this big you know, question mark over the you know, consumption levels and how much of what we're seeing, the strength at the moment, is purely due to inflation. So we'll find out that thankfully tonight. Also some information about income. So maybe you know, are we starting to go and see that tightness in the, uh, the labor market starting to go and really drum up those, uh, those wage pressures that we so want to go and see. Another thing that uh, we're focusing on here here at Osbys at the moment is the uh, AGM season in Australia, and uh, of course one of those was brickworks. No, uh, yesterday Lindsay Partridge, the MD, joined us on the program, and uh, Nadine had a very good chat with him uh, about uh, the outlook for what's going on when it comes to the housing construction. Uh, both the, uh, the pros and cons that we're seeing at the moment in the States and uh, in Australia. So it's a really interesting. What You mentioned what's going on with the housing construction here mm-hmm. and the construction activity, much stronger than what expected. High again. levels,
0: yeah. I mean, I think people get a, a bit uh, caught up, particularly me in my old macro world, is, you know, oh, there's no growth. But no growth can still mean exceptional levels. And certainly when it comes to construction, it's well above pre-COVID levels. So Brickworks is one of those refreshing companies where the name actually reflects what they do. And so, construction in the U.S. and Australia will be at high levels well into next year.
1: Just glad it doesn't have a Z at the end. is actually just to works. make it funky. Yeah, then. and uh, for those, who no, I encourage you to go watch the video because Lindsay Partridge has the best, best setup set up. for an interview that I've ever <laughs> seen. So you think back to the European Football Championships, the soccer championships, earlier this year, and Cristiano Ronaldo famously went and said, "Oh yeah, drink water," and he pushed the coke to the side. It's almost a carbon copy. So sure Lindsay, is. I salute you. It was a fantastic setup. <laughs> uh, you had a great chat today with Nid Dagan from Peak Asset Management. He's it's good did for the small cap space anything catch your eye
0: uh tell you what there's too many names to remember uh, so please have a listen in on the nib Day. we went through green hydrogen and Wally did toss Fortescue in there uh, because they promised to have green hydrogen down the track he rattled off at least three or four small cap names that they're interested in that he said to take a look at green hydrogen will be the future the risk is of course is all this money is looking for a project so there could be a bit of a mismatch between uh, investor keenness for renewable energy and deliverables but nevertheless quite a fascinating interview there
1: those who read my view last week will know where I stand when it comes to green hydrogen uh no be very cautious Uh, I had a good chat with uh, Jonathan Wu from Premier China funds no really good chat I uh, know we've been banning around about you know, common prosperity in China what it means from an investment perspective dead set Jonathan came up with the best answer I've heard to date when it comes to what it actually means and what to look out for uh, so I encourage you to go have a listen to uh, to his chat because uh, it was really really uh, revealing and probably has changed my views as to uh, how to go and play that Chinese market as we enter 2022 uh, lots of optimism about of course you know, no re-stimulation of the economy and the like but that's not necessarily where you want to be looking at. So have a listen to that one. Uh, speaking of AGMs as well, Harvey Norman. Harvey Norman. Now, uh, sales off, but you'd expect that because, you now this time last year, I yeah. mean, everyone was locked at home, everyone had cashed at hand, and they were just trying to go and do the best deck out of the home office and, like, the best uh, no home theatre.
0: Keeping in mind that because it's goods, remember we keep talking about. We will see a switch uh, over the coming twelve months about goods into services, and of course, Harvey Norman is one hundred percent goods. So if you don't, if you're not all decked out, if you don't have the best home office ever, the sharpest computer, and the most comfortable ergonomic desk chair, but. Having said that, we did uh, also highlight with Harvey Norman, it is, again, well above pre-COVID levels. So levels-wise, it's certainly still been full steam ahead for Harvey Norman, a massive beneficiary of lockdown.
1: Watch those base effects. Well, just coincidentally, Harvey Norman was our stock of the day, so Nadine sat down with Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Andrew Page from Storman.com to get their views on whether Harvey Norman is worth a punt. Take a listen. So it's no surprise, really from my standpoint, to see these numbers come back. And it just highlights some of the issues facing some of these retail companies that were beneficiaries of the COVID lockdowns. As you, you touch upon, um, there's way more options now out there to go and spend your money on things. Things like Harvey Norman might have to take a bit of a back backseat uh, for the, the near term, at least. Very difficult, I think, to value these companies over the next couple of years because we're not really sure where the dust is going to settle um, as we get back to a, a, a reality or back to a more normalised environment. So- for mine, it's not a buy, um, it's probably just a, a sell to be honest um, and focus your attention elsewhere.
0: And this is a business that, you know, it's had a really attractive history. I mean, over the long term, their per share earnings have grown at about 10% also, uh, double digit rates. They absolutely dominate the space that they operate in. A business is is, is really valued on the the um, all of its future cash flows discounted back to a present rate. So you've got to look past all of this and I think those that can actually see opportunity Uh, for
1: me it's a a hold i think there are better opportunities out there but it's it's certainly not as bad as as what these initial numbers might look like and that is a view there of harvey norman so annette let's go and start looking ahead thanksgiving is coming up in the states so Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of data out tonight in the US. bring
0: forward yes right we've got fed minutes yep pce markets looking for 0. 0.4 month on month so let's see what that brings and i think there's a couple more pmis because the pmis that we experienced as we walked in this morning were sort of okay for the us but geez they were blockbuster in europe which is interesting because we've been talking all this week about those covid cases and rising restrictions in europe but that hasn't filtered into business optimism yet
1: yeah it's a Interesting, the timing of the survey. Uh, we don't know exactly how much the disruptions have gone and taken impact in this November survey. So this takes about 85%, 90%. So mm. maybe the, the stragglers that come through might give us a better indication as to whether...
0: Maybe uh, they're locked in and couldn't answer the question. Exactly right.
1: <laughs> well, they didn't have access to internet. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, no, it was interesting to see that there wasn't a divergence. It was actually a convergence between uh, the two great economic powers in the over the Atlantic. Um, locally, uh, CapEx data, private CapEx,
0: uh, again, one one for the pointy heads. Uh, but again, the quarter on quarter, the market's pretty dour, like down three four percent quarter on quarter. So let's see if there's uh, what happens with that. And of what, course, what,
1: what estimate are we up to when it comes to the next financial year that we're, that we're yeah, in now? Because we, that's where it's going to be like no, a lot the, of focus. The
0: next one, the next. So not this survey, but the next survey will give us two years ahead. So all we get uh, tomorrow will be confirmation of the year ahead. It'll be a mixture of fact and. Forecast. And last time around, it surprised to the upside. Everyone was looking for expectations to be slashed. But you know, businesses need to be forward looking. So I suspect once we digest the quarter on quarter, we'll be taking a bit longer. We actually have Michael Blythe, ex CBA chief economist and now Pinpoint consultant. He'll be running through the data and what it means for the outlook because the RBA will be watching very closely.
1: It's going to be a blockbuster on what's going to be probably an, an otherwise fairly quiet day. You would probably imagine, of course, we only have a, a half-day's trade in the States on Friday as well. Uh, so it's going to be difficult going to go and see anything really rocking the boat unless there's some unexpected headlines. Look, uh, we've got another busy day tomorrow, so let's go and call it a day now. And we'll see you brighter early on air at 8.30 on Thursday.
0: See you tomorrow.